442 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Coming up on October 28th, that's a Saturday, it's the Trick or Treat Trail Run, 5K Run Walk and 10K Run, 10 a.m. at Pasley Park, just south of 26th Street on Southeastern Avenue. There will be a candy dash for runners and walkers aged 3 to 10 starting at 9.30 a.m. Costumes are highly encouraged. Trickortreattrailrun.com for more information. Uh, Jonathan Ellis, we are talking. He is a reporter and a columnist for Argus Leader Media. You are also a runner. Are you going to uh, go to Trick or Treat Trail Run, maybe wear a costume? Um, What was the day again? Yeah, October 28th, Saturday. I'm going to be in a soccer. soccer. Yeah. Some soccer thing. Well, how's the running going, by the way? How do you feel? You look good. Um... I don't know. You know, I'm kind of in a rut. <laughs> you know, I look, I'm depressed today. <laughs> <laughs> this whole, Come on, man. This whole national team thing has taken him down. We lost to Trinidad and Tobago. I don't want to go back and rehash that at all, but I knew a guy from Trinidad once. There's no way. Um, so we've hit, let's see, we hit local. We talked a little bit about state. Uh, the I want to talk about this, the delegation, for just a second. So... We're a farm state, as we know. We like good, solid ag policies. We've got three people on the in our delegation, Mike Rounds, John Thune, and Christy Nome, very familiar with agriculture, all of them. And the president of the United States, one Mr. Donald J. Trump, campaigned against NAFTA, called it the worst deal ever, and now we're in the middle of trying to renegotiate it, and there's stories today that say it's just breaking down. It ain't going to happen. And in an interview with Forbes, Trump said, probably just have to let it die. Now, I talked about the numbers earlier. It's shocking how much effect this, the death of NAFTA could have on tariffs between our agriculture and Mexico, which is big trader for us. Tariffs on huge, beef. Huge, yeah, huge trade for, for our agriculture goods. This Correct. is very, it would seem to me that this is very bad for South Dakota if NAFTA dies. The, the TPP was bad when it died um, and never got in effect. But this one's in effect, been in effect for 20-some years. They, To a person, they will tell you it's been good for South Dakota, and yet we don't hear anything from them about how this is going away. Well, I, I think that they have. I mean, I, you know, they've tried to be diplomatic a little bit, but the delegation has. I think Mike Rounds, uh, they had a column recently about how free trade is very beneficial. So... But I mean, they're not. They're, what they're not doing is going after the, the president. And, and what you and you indicate, and, I, and based upon what the New York Times, you know, wrote about today, and some other outlets that um, NAFTA is is in jeopardy, imperiled, um, that they may just pull out of it because they can't get the deal they want. I mean, it would be very bad for farm states. Farm states. Um, and this, you know, this goes politically. This is this is perhaps what Democrats are looking for, sort of a revival in this region of the country where they've been generally not very successful in the last few election cycles, this could be something that actually gives them um, uh, an ability to, to, to win back over some farm farm votes that they have presumably lost since probably at least since maybe 2008. So this is, you know, for Democrats, this, this could be a very big opportunity, especially when you consider that they've got a very unfavorable Senate race coming up in 2018. They've, they've got to defend a, you know, a lot of seats. And so um, you know, how many of those are farm states? I mean, I haven't looked at the. I don't have up. the map, but I mean, you nobody know, in South there's Dakota. A, there's a third, yeah, but yeah. there's a third of them, and so presumably there will be you know several farm state senators uh, who are in, up for election, uh, and that, and this could you know certainly Heidi Heitkamp in North Dakota is one of them. 
Um, yeah. And this could be beneficial. She's a Democrat, one of the rare Democrats. And this could be, you know, for her. Um, could be a savior. Could be a savior for her because otherwise she could be in trouble. This, these are the numbers. And I read them earlier. Uh, this is on exports to Mexico. 25% on beef. 45% on turkey and some dairy products. 75% on chicken, potatoes, and high fructose corn syrup. Corn. Corn. Um, I, man, I, I would think they would be a little bit more vociferous, but I, I suppose in one sense, they also don't feel threatened. Uh, our delegation, they don't feel threatened by this. Well, I mean, that's, uh, that, that lacks foresight, I think, because it, you know, the, 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 the ag economy is already down right now. And, and Democrats have been able, historically, Democrats have done well in farm states and in South Dakota when, um, administer, when, when presidential administrations have had unpopular farm policies. Um, that was certainly true in the 1950s, uh, which 80s. helped, yep, 1980s, which helped. Uh, so you had the rise of sort of Tom Daschle and Tim Do- Johnson in the 80s. You had uh, George McGovern in the 50s. Um, so, you know, these, these, these I mean, is this, is this potentially now, you know, going to trigger uh, a lot of normal Republican voters to go vote for, for Democratic candidates? Very, very possible. I mean, historically, that's, that's what has happened. So, I think that if they're not, you know, it doesn't affect them now, but that's probably they don't have the foresight to look not not in, into the not too far distant future because if, you know, the ag economy is already down now, it's only uh, things will only get worse uh, if NAFTA is, is you know, jettisoned. And yeah. kind of interesting, you know, for a guy who built himself as sort of a deal maker, I don't know that he's got any, de- any deals, has he? Not seeing any. Um, we're talking with Jonathan Ellis. He is a reporter and columnist for Argus Leader Media. Uh, in the last few minutes of the segment, I want to talk about um, the uh, governor's race just a little bit. So it's been pretty quiet. So Christy Nome, Congresswoman Christy Nome, uh, and 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 Marty Jackley are in this primary. Um, it's we have to start seeing some things ramp up here pretty soon because the primary is in June. It's only a few months away. Yeah, we we are uh, we're getting we are I would say in fact I'll probably write a column about this if I can find the time tomorrow. But we are we've we are entering the new phase. We are entering the, we are now entering the campaign phase. You saw that uh, Christy Nome's campaign uh, released well, quite an interesting four to five minute uh, long video, just kind of a bio, uh, biographic video of her. Extremely well done. In Riding a horse. This, she's on a horse. Yep. Um, at times. And she, and she talks about there's kind of a take at the end. Uh, it's, it's it's worth. I mean, whether you uh, agree with her or not, just from the, the you know or, or supporter or whatever, it's worth watching just for this. I mean, cinematography. It's. I mean, it was first rate. Yeah. So Do you know who made it? Uh, I don't. I could probably find that Answer. out. But it's it's a longer. Uh, you know, they're they're going to target this to Republican primary voters. It's going to be v- very effective. And so we are, you know, this is sort of, you know, and Martin Jackley's people have to be kind of, uh, they'll be, you know, doing their thing. So yeah, we've, we're entering that new phase. The campaign phase is, is about to, about to be upon us here. I mean, we're in mid October. Mm-hmm. Um, we're there. I mean, what they have been doing is raising money. Um, and that's done sort of outside of a lot of public attention. They've been having fundraisers, but now, uh, we are pivoting definitely to the campaign phase. When this all started, I thought uh, Christy Nome would crush him like a grape. But um, Marty seems to have some traction here. I mean, he's he's putting together a, uh, a he's raising money. He's got, but does it all just come down to imaging at this point? Because the the difference between those two, from a policy sense, has to be razor thin. 
You know, the policy stuff will be interesting how that how that takes shape, where they where they diverge on some issues um, and where they attack each other. I mean, uh, you know, uh, they're both going to be open to some some attacks in terms of their records. They both have been in office now for a while. Um, and so that gives openings for, you know, to find areas where um, maybe they didn't succeed, that kind of thing. Um, and, and both of them. So we'll be vulnerable there. But uh, I, the policy issues will, will be interesting how where they diverge there. And there's state issues. So, you know, it's it, how much can you do you end up really talking about Christy Nome's time in Congress? Because a lot of those issues don't apply to governor. You know, some of it does. NAFTA, trade policy. Yeah, NAFTA. I mean, the, the Obamacare. I mean, yeah. you know, they'll be asked. I mean, Dennis Dugard had indicated that he wanted to expand Medicaid. Well, mm-hmm. per, you know, you make the argument that the Republican governors who expanded Medicaid are the ones who made it so difficult for Republicans to repeal Obamacare because they put so many more people on into that system and made it politically untenable for them to repeal it. So... You know, th- that, that will be an argument that probably takes place in this, in this race. And there are going to be many arguments that, that transcend, that come from the national level down to the state level. You know, you brought up uh, Denny Dugard. We hardly ever talk about him anymore. Really. He, he, was, he also was a registered Democrat. If you rec- I, I don't know actually if he was registered Democrat. Yeah. But you recall in 72, this was when, you know, when he was running, you know, he had actually campaigned for McGovern in 72. Yeah, there's a gr- that great story when uh, he and uh, when Scott Heideprim were both members of the Chop house down in Vermilion, right? And they were basically both like hippies or whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it's hard to believe Danny Dugard was ever a hippie, but he was. Yeah, uh, but you know, we don't know what he's going to do. He may not. He's probably just going to go back and work and on causes or what he believes in. He's not going to go into any other political office. It doesn't. Seem no, like. it's back to that house without air conditioning. Yeah, <laughs> come on, Danny, put in the AC. It's time, baby. Let's, I, you know, come, come over to the dark side of refrigerated living. You can do it, man. Uh, but it's weird though. I mean, he's a fairly successful two-term governor and he's just going to quit. Yeah. I mean, that's from everything I've heard that he's basically going to enjoy being retired. Yeah. It's refreshing. Uh, Jonathan, thanks for coming in today. Happy Uh, to be here. I really appreciate your, uh, uh, perspective and wisdom on these issues. And I hope that, uh, your day gets better. I hope you can find a little ray of sunshine in all that gloom. It's tough. Yeah, I understand. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO.